Welcome to another episode of El Cafecito. My name is Leonardo Casenza. I'm your host for the second season. And take me to the first level. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Anna. And I'm ready to unpack all the levels of this conversation. Ha. Wow. <laughs> Hola, hello, Cuba. My name is Raquel. And the word of the day is obvio. Well, uh, I'm Ricardo. It's the first time for me here. Uh... Well, I don't know. Something funny to say. Uh, it's okay. I really don't know. <laughs> okay, we caught you on spot here. The idea yeah, is always to... You should have told me that before. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm sorry. No, really. Okay, okay. We can keep on going. So, uh, guys, we're back. And this time, um, I wanted to bring like a lighter topic. Because last time, we're talking about some pretty heavy stuff on the pandemic. And we brought this movie called The Platform talk about it's it's out on netflix it's a spanish movie it's not latin american but it's in spanish so we're giving the stretch to be able to talk about it and it's a a movie that just for me came out of the blue like it's one of those netflix movies that you don't expect they're coming and that they come out and then ev soon everyone is watching and everyone is kind of talking about it and that's a movie that i noticed that usually people around my like like my friend circles are usually talking about and that's an interesting thing about Netflix right whenever something is out on Netflix usually people will notice it and will talk about it and my my first question is did you enjoy the movie how how was your experience with the movie because for me I got really really caught up in it it was one of those movies that got me really hooked and I I I, I kept you know kept you keep your eyes peeled and you want to watch every single second of the movie until it ends and it really caught me and that was that was for me like a really intense experience and it's a an experience I didn't have I haven't had in many movies I've watched recently and I think that it it did a really good job in in hooking you up and getting you interested in, in getting involved in the plot um, of the movie. What do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. Um, so I care about the movie because uh, a lot of my friends, they were sharing memes with the, the guy, his name is, um, one second, uh, Trimagasi. And um, all the memes were just him saying obvio. And I was like, what is this? Like, I have no idea where this meme is coming from. And then I watched the movie and it was, I was not expecting the this plot. I was not expecting the end, uh, the ending of the movie. Um, the music was really good. The acting was really good. I was so impressed with the acting. And as you said, Leo, I was just so excited to see what, um, like the end of the movie. And I think it brings uh, pretty important topics to to discuss. Uh, all the um, all, all the stuff about how we distribute our resources, about poverty, about food, uh, the wealthy class, uh, and then how lucky you are to wake up one month in the first, the second level, and then the next month you are in level uh, 200. I don't know, but it was a great movie. I really like it. Um, I'm down to watch it again because I think that every time that I will uh, watch it, I will um, understand something different or I will appreciate it from a different perspective. So yeah, I'm very excited to talk about this movie. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know about you guys, but I was stressed when I was watching this movie. I was so stressed. I was like, are they going to be able to accomplish their mission? How are they going to survive? I was totally like in it and I actually watched it with my parents so that was interesting um but no I really I really found the movie like different in a way that they're in the end like there really isn't a winner and that's what I was hoping for I was hoping for the classic ending where you know there's the resolution and the protagonist wins and all this and it wasn't and I found that very striking to the message of the movie and overall like I loved it it was great um, it was refreshing. It was something different than what we're seeing now in film, but I really liked it. Yeah, I liked it very much as well. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, it's definitely not an easy movie to watch, but it has a lot of depth. It gives you a lot to think about. It certainly does. Uh, it was very well made. And it's it's one of the very rare movies in which I, I wanted to rewatch and I watched it again, trying to 
see if I missed any details or try to uh, get another interpretation. So it's, it's definitely a good movie. I liked it very much. I think we should give a brief synopsis of the movie first, right? To to inform everyone that's so that we're all on the right page, and we can, you can keep on adding to, to what I'm talking here. It's the it's this idea that the person is locked in in this this prison that is that has different levels, and it's it's up in a like a it's in a hierarchy of levels, and you go from level one to level 333, and that's a question that we could also um, talk about the number of levels that exist in the pit. And there is a pit in the middle of these rooms and a a kind of a tray, a huge concrete tray full of food of and that that the food that these participants have picked um, prior in an interview um, saying that that was their their preferred food. And this this uh, this table of food will go down the levels um, progressively from level one to level 333. And the idea is that each participant gets like I don't know 15 seconds something like that to eat as much as they can and for the for the the kind of plateau to go down and and then we find ourselves in this uh in the shoes of this guy called Goreng and he's new to the pit and he falls what's the first level that he falls into I think uh, I think it was 48 yeah 48 yeah. so yeah, yeah at this point so like in the first one it's it's pretty chill in a way because 48 you still have enough food from the other like 47 levels that we're eating out of the same plates and the same tables um and then he meets uh, what's the other guy uh the one with the knife Trimagasi Trimagasi is an excellent yeah. character and because you have a cellmate, like each each person will have only a single cellmate, and these are paired into each level. And the th the film goes so that every month the person is randomly switched to another level. So they could be in level six and then go to level three hundred the next month. And that's actually a part I didn't understand. So they they sign up, and Gorang's motive was that he wanted to quit smoking. So they sign up without knowing what the pit is. But do criminals also go to the pit? Yeah. I think they... Oh yeah, you can go ahead. And... Yeah, yeah. No, criminals go to the pit, but you can voluntarily go in as well. But um, just like the other character, I forget her name right now, but she was the one who worked for like the institution, the structure that runs the platform, and she decided to voluntarily go in when she was facing a terminal illness. So it's, it's okay. a mix of both, right? And with her, she knew she knew what was going on in the pit, right? She didn't. She, she, didn't know she knew the idea, but she didn't know the the severity. Of the actual yeah, exactly. So because I remember the dialogue that they have, and it's something like, uh, she kind of she kind of knew what was going on there, but she didn't know how serious it was. But she did know the inner functioning of it. Yeah, but what I think is she she worked, uh, in, like she she allowed people that wanted to go to go. Uh, but then there was also people that were like criminals and when there's a punishment uh, and maybe she wasn't aware of that so and the main character certainly wasn't aware of that oh okay and then so then so then this means that Trimagasi could have gone to that place as a jail right like they could have potentially committed a crime yes which was what happened with his first cellmate he, he killed someone by throwing something out of the window a TV I, I guess and, and he went there as, as punishment. Okay. And then, so then, Goran goes in to quit smoking, which is, might be something I might do, who knows. Um, <laughs> but seems to be seems to be quite an effective way to quit smoking. Um, and and he tries to live um, the life of the pit. And I, and then again, another question I have is like, how, how long he's supposed to stay there? Wasn't it like three months? But then you, you have six months. But then you have, yeah. But then you have like you get a compensation for it, and the thing is, they have a conversation, the the old guy and Goring, and he says like, oh, now you get an extra compensation for for being here, and then he didn't know that this compensation existed. Yeah, I think they they were supposed to get uh, some kind of diploma, and Trimagasi uh, was like, okay, so if you're going to stay here only for six months, you're going to get one, I shall get two because um, I'll be here for for one year. So he's uh, a bit upset about that because he wants to have that recognition at some point. Yeah, fair. So then, so then the the just going overall in the movie, the classic kind of 
um, interpretation that we had is that the different um, uh, levels are different social classes and this idea that we all share the same resources and that we um, and that the hum human being is inherently like egotistical because people are like fighting with each other for resources and these are scarce resources and therefore people need to like fight each other to the to the max and like survival mode um, to to survive um, but that's like kind of the the most common kind of interpretation but I've seen others that were actually quite interesting um, the one that I that I kind of followed in the first time I watched the movie was this idea that um, yes you have the society that's unequal and it's like a, f a reflection of the society and that Gorang is a what's it called it's like a prophet and this idea is that he had to descend to like the seven hells to go down and send the message up and become like it's kind of the, the journey of the prophet journey of the hero and then towards the end he's able to complete his mission um, but the ending part is is what's really complex and and, that, and I and can suscitate a lot of different interpretations. What do you guys think of the ending? Like, what what was the what the idea that you got from from the ending? Yeah, I think I I kind of agree with that idea of like he was like a prophet, the message because when he did end up getting to the very bottom level, whatever that was, the black pit. Um, was it Goring? One of them said. The message doesn't need a bearer, right? The message can go by itself. And so he, his job was done. His job was just to make sure the message would get delivered. And so that's kind of what my interpretation kind of veered away from just like the class differences there. Yeah, no, I, the ending, obviously it wasn't what I was rooting for, but it was great. And I, I really enjoyed that they don't show what happens on the way up. They just show the message going up. And that, and a, yeah. And a lot of people had an issue with that, right? Because we've talked to, to other people that um, thought that the movie like lost a lot of potential and meaning by ending like for the message it arrived. That it should have shown like the extra part where the, the message is shown and revealed. But but then my counterpoint is that it's actually shown, right? Like the, there's uh, a scene in the middle of the movie, and Raquel, you've seen it now. I don't know if you you can confirm this that the that the panacoda that they were like protecting it goes up theoretically again because that the well there's there's a in the upper levels uh, there is like a, a huge um kitchen that you have professional cooks they'll perfectly cook the meals that they requested and they'll do this every day and like the beginning of the movie i think it shows like how perfect and how organized and how pedantic they all are and and the and the head chef there, he in the in the, this middle part of the scene of the movie, he he's complaining and he's trying to find the person that left a a hair loose in the panacotta. And I, from from what I understand, the message in the movie is that actually the panacotta arrived, but with a hair on it, and that was the message that occurs in the end of the movie. It's like a a preceding scene in the middle of the movie just to kind of confuse us but it's actually the end of the movie if you know what i mean yeah i think i think that's the case too i think that uh at the like the child at the end she was not real she was a hallucination as well as a representation of hope and that what he sent back was in reality the dessert uh and i'm aware the movie has several possible interpretations but that scene really struck me as well. Uh, well, I think that firstly shows that the main character failed to clearly deliver his message. Even though he tried to protect the pinnacle uh, of his life and everything, but a piece of hair still reached it. And somehow it distorted his message. So, so secondly, the, the chef, unaware of the situation, believed that, the, that he returned... Well, like, the dessert being returned was not a signal or a call of help, but just something perfect. And I think that's something very real in life uh, also, like uh, how messages and intentions are misunderstood more often than other, than not due to details. Kind of if the hair polluted the message that he wanted to send and it was misunderstood. So, so and, and that's that's an interesting thing. That's and, and I wonder if even the hair was his because they always kept the panacotta in that little jar thing. So, so maybe, so, so then the idea is that, okay, so then, um, these guys they're always making like perfect food and the and the table is just 
comes back empty, of course, because people are starving and they'll eat everything. And the people in the kitchen apparently don't know what's going on um, underneath in the pit. Um, it all comes back perfectly. And the idea is that it, it, the Panna Cota comes back and comes out of, out of this place where everyone eats everything and like up to the point where they're like licking the cutlery and like licking everything, the glasses, the glassware, everything that's in the kitchen in, the, in that um, tableau. And um, it returns with, with a hair. So this means that these guys did not like or that despise this like imperfection in whatever the resource that the, that the kitchen is trying to provide. And I thought this was, was kind of interesting. And it reflects this kind of idea that this prophet that tries to send a message um, to a higher entity and this idea that the kitchen would be God, it would be a kind of a higher entity, a, a, a supernatural being. And, and as you said, Hikado, this idea that um, messages come can be misinterpreted and can lose meaning um, by small imperfections and small things. And and just this, this small piece of hair just completely changed the idea of the message and, and ended up um, not reflecting what they wanted to say. Yeah, the, the hair probably got, got into the Pinakota. And there's a moment uh, near the end where he's like starving and he, he, I think he opens it and he, he, he thinks about eating it, but then he, he holds it and he doesn't. Maybe it was at, at that moment, like a moment of weakness, which was enough to, to destroy the message a bit with the hair. So, and then, yeah, fair. And, and, it's, and again, it's, it's this idea that um, even if we try, and that's why I think there's so many layers to this movie, as Anna said, so many levels. It's, um, there's, uh, even if, if, even if, at least human beings are in this like terrible situation, this like social reality that's detrimental to their their utmost survival. And when they try to communicate with with higher entities or high beings, um, it shows that we, even if we tried to communicate or to try to establish some form of like religious view or, or uh, connection to to this higher superior being, we would we would never. Or at least that, that was the only attempt. But even if there were other attempts, we would never be able to correctly reach um, this higher entity with the message that we have, because our reality is so narrow. And this idea that uh, the, the the this higher entity could have such a, a wide span, wide span reality, and not only that, but like a completely different conscious consciousness. And from that, we will never know what kind of messages we could send to this higher entity, so that yeah, um, of course. Yeah. And indifference as well. Like, for example, uh, the, they, they constantly say that uh, people on, on levels above you will not hear you. So, like, if, if you can't make a person hear you, which is, like, one level above you, how, how can you make a god or, or the, the highest of all entities uh, listen to you, right? And see, and, that, and that's the, uh, like, the, the most fucked up thing when that guy poops in his face. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is. It it's it's like it's like quack, and then he says something like, but "Oh, so why I don't think... you, why don't you um, try to talk talk to the people on the, the levels above you?" And he says, "Oh, because you, you can't poop upwards." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so I think that about the ending, there's um, another theme that we we can talk about. So the little girl, um, I think there are a lot of people that think that she was just um, part of some kind of hallucination and others think that she actually existed. Um, but I think that, at least in my interpretation, I think that Gorin expected her to be part of the message because at the end she she's a little girl, she's innocent, um, she didn't commit any crime or she didn't kill her cell partner in order to survive. So she was just there, she was just the something that the administration was not expecting because they were they weren't supposed to have um people underage in the platform right so i think that the girl the little girl is just um with her innocence i think that's part of the message as well and um so yeah i don't know what you think about the little girl like her role in in the end of the movie what's your opinion about that do you think that it's an actual hallucination of garang or um she was the message, and the uh, Pane, the the the, the was also like part of the message as well. Like, what what's your opinion on that? 
So yeah. I thought, I I thought that it's um in the the first time I watched the movie I thought that the girl is real. I just just like taking it all for granted like oh yeah okay so then the the girl is is real because or else the the mother would not would never be looking for her. And but then I started to reflect about that and it's and it's it's a bit hard to believe that she's real. First that he starts to hallucinate a lot towards the end, and he he's like losing blood and he. And he's kind of towards the end of his journey, so he he wants to see that happen. He already ha- had other hallucinations in the past, so we can we do not. We, it's quite easy to to imagine him like imagining other people. Um, but I but I, I think that the she would be the perfect message, you know. But but if she existed, which I think is not the case, because if she existed, she would be the perfect message because she is underage, which means that, um, and, and that's left unclear whether she. Um, came with her mother into the pit, or whether she was born there. But I thought I, I thought that it would be a beautiful me- message if she was born there, and she could show like be the message and show to the people upstairs that like even in the worst, the most terrible conditions, humankind can procreate and can create life and can continue on its its message. So that's why I thought it would be really beautiful if she existed and she was actually the message, which I think is not the case. Well, if she was born there, she would most likely be like product of rape, I guess. Because we we see that on the movie of that when when that the the Asian woman she goes down, uh, like uh, many people try to uh, hurt her and rape her and other things. Yeah, that's right. That's right. She could she could be a product of rape. So then even if that even intensifies the message, it's like oh, even out of this this act of sexual violence and this completely violent abhorrent act um there's still human humankind is able to create like a pure being someone who has to be protected and even in a way she was the she was goring's mission and he was able to to have other people kind of involved in his mission the what's the the guy with the rope what's his name um barat So he was able to gather at least one person to follow him in this mission, despite it being like the bloody mission. And and that's an interesting thing to see too, right? Because when people talk about him being a prophet, like he's he's being the the prophet, the messenger, but he's he's committing acts of violence. Like whenever that platform goes down, he's like he, he he's crazy with Baharat. He's like, oh, go go, you can't stop, you can't do this. Um, so so even in this uh in this process of sending a message of hope a, a message of, of of the the kind of the the support that humankind can have for each other um he goes through this rage of violence in order to to get it done well i i don't want to get political here but i think it has to do with the idea of a revolution as well so like you a revolution uh, to change the system to send a message that oh it usually doesn't happen peacefully you have you have to to use some sort of, of, of violence to, to uh, keep the message going yeah this yeah. idea to you have to break some eggs to make an omelet kind of thing yeah i think that goran realizes that he needs to um be more aggressive in order to achieve um like a greater good for everyone and um that also kind of like relates to the tragedy of commons where um, he's uh, against this uh, idea where like everyone is just acting on like self-interest and there's no there's no collective action. So by um, having this attitude of I'm going to protect these no matter what I have to do, I think he's just trying to achieve this greater good for for all the society and all the um, people that uh, are in the platform. It wasn't really his idea to start the chain. I mean, the woman who came in became his new cellmate, who tried to like ask the people below her to ration the food. I guess she kind of planted that idea in him. Obviously, he found a better way, maybe, to try to change the way the people on the platform viewed the food and the rationing. But I, I feel like it's not just his idea. I don't know. What do you guys think? No, I think that's fair. I think that. Uh, she kind of like influenced him to um, further develop what she wanted to do. I think her method was a bit too passive, I guess. <laughs> um, and then he made it more more active and more radical. Yeah, and everyone keeps saying relates. that he changed. 
right? Like people keep saying throughout the movie that people change here. Like you brought a book, like you 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 become violent if you want to survive. And he he kind of experienced that when he's like basically almost eaten alive by by his his so his friend, let's say, the the first person he shared the cell with. Yeah, um, and then I don't know if you guys remember, but it was a small scene when Baharat is going down and he meets, I guess it was his former former cellmate or one of his teachers. Uh, he was telling him, like, you can't change things with violence, like, go on your own mission to go to the top. That whole scene that kind of changed the perspective of what the actual mission was going on and brought to light, like, this idea that there were movements already happening in the platform before the main character came in. There was already movements of trying to change, but, you know, that was also interesting for me to see. And, and the actor, or maybe the character itself, wasn't Spanish, he was actually American. So that was also interesting to me, but I don't know, what did you guys think about that scene? Well, uh, I think that that, that 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 guy wasn't his former cellmate because the movie leads us to believe that you only change cellmates if, if the person dies. At least that's what I got from the movie. I think that that person was someone he, he knew like from the past, before he, he went into the prison. And he even calls it the, the the old man master or something like that, right? Mentor, or something like that. That, and I think it's just uh, how past experiences from other people uh, can can affect you, and and it ultimately resulted on on the changing their plan. Because what the, the initial plan was to go all the way down, make sure everyone ate something, and then they changed the plan because of that guy to uh, take the pinacota back. In that case, yeah. I think that we... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, then. I think that we can say that at the end, it's not just um, Goring's plan. It's more about the people he partnered with, his, um, even his own experience before going to the platform or the hole, and how all the other um, prisoners help him or somehow influence his plan. Um, so... It's not that he was the only like this big hero, this big prophet, because by himself, like he was not, he was not able to do all, like all the things he did by himself. He was, yeah, by himself. So I think it's important to recognize the, the role of other people, the other prisoners, um, in the development of this plan, development of this plan. Sorry. I agree. I agree with you. I think that all his his cellmates were took a huge part. And they like they literally accompany him through hallucinations, right? Uh, the woman uh, and the the first guy. They, he keeps seeing them and talking to them throughout the movie. Uh, he imagines them, and I think that yes, the the woman uh, showed him kindness. I guess the the importance of dividing the resources. I think the first uh, guy showed him the importance of sometimes being violent and protecting yourself and being smarter uh, and the the last guy uh the the, the one of the rope i'm not gonna try to say the names because i know i can't say the names but <laughs> the guy with the rope he 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 was the one who actually followed him and, and they tried to do it together even the, the asian woman also had a huge part because she gave him uh, in my interpretation the girl wasn't real but she was the one who planted that idea on his head so that's uh, telling him to look for hope so and that's that's an interesting thing, right? Because through his journey, he meets people that starts start kind of transforming, as you guys said, the, his his the perspective he has inside the pit. But I I I wonder if because there are certain limitations that the pit creates on itself that limits communication between people. And I wonder how many how many resistant movements already started and already tried to uh, already started to actually develop in, inside the pit. Because if you switch every month, this means that communication is is completely blocked for a month after you're trying to like establish communication with other people in your cell. So even if you're if you're if you're communicating with people in the cell below or above for a month, um, soon you're not going to be able to see them anymore, and perhaps they're going to be in completely different levels. So it, it it hinders a lot, like how can pe how people can communicate and establish a establish like a, a uh, like a, a decision making pattern in this environment. But I'd say that it's still possible. Like I don't know. I, I think I'd be the kind of person like that lady with with cancer, um, 
that tries to like establish some communication or some contact with like people below or people above or like mostly with people below um and then somehow through the months i would try to to I, I would try to show that like dividing food is the most important thing and then maybe if i can do this with like one person in the cell below this person in the cell below can try to do it with another person and then this effect is going to kind of like self-feed in itself and expand so that everyone in the cell eventually knows that they have to share the, the same amount of food this kind of idea that it would have like a domino effect um where people would start to cooperate more and more and more and that's what also what research shows right is that you need to have only one instance of cooperation we're like kind of thinking of the prisoner's dilemma here you have to have one instance of cooperation for people to start cooperating in general throughout the longer term yeah no i agree with you but um i think that the reason why they change um their assignments every single month is because i think that the administration wants to keep it that way like they want to somehow control the prisoners um and uh, avoid the insurrection of uh, revolutionary movements um <laughs> <laughs> if we can put it that way i was going to say that through the uh the administration perspective i think that maybe they they saw it as some kind of fairness like uh you randomly change and everyone changes so no one is always at the top and like it it seems it seems i don't know if that's the case but it seems as if if you are in a in a good position you you always go to a bad position later on and, and kind of vice versa no no not actually right because there are people that stay in in bad positions for twice in a row and that's those who kill themselves yeah but anyways i think that, that that's kind of the idea of fairness like you randomly change and that that's what i got from it yeah but it's a whole logistical nightmare right because i know i know it's sci-fi i know it's like the, the the platform moves like it's like a it has this kind of gravitational field in it or whatever but like you have to have a lot of people to move to move these people and and, and change them around and then put them in the in the cell and like sedate them every month and make sure that the food is okay that the water is running that they i don't know there's probably security cameras or cameras that they can see because i i mean at least in my perspective it's not really a prison cell it's more of like a social experiment because that's how it, that's what it feels because if it was a prison they would just i don't know they would just ex execute the prisoners because in a way they're they're bleeding maybe like 90% of that, those people to death because you're going to be randomly assigned and you're probably going to eventually be randomly assigned to one of those places that um, that you can't eat anything and then you're not going to eat for a month and you're going to probably have to kill the, your cellmate or you're going to have to like uh, survive without any food um, but it's interesting in a way that they put water there too right like water is always uh, a must inside the pit but then well, I'm wondering um, because if if they if this is a social experiment because it might it might be right um but if it's a social experiment i i guess that the lady will will have known what she was getting into right because if there are cameras and if they are tracking down every um decision of, and things that are happening in every floor like i'm wondering like i don't think she will have um decided to volunteer um to be part of the whole i don't know uh, but what you're saying just brings more questions that i don't know um we can answer them <laughs> to be honest i think it's more like a personal reflection on um this type of stuff we don't know how many levels how deep it goes i find really interesting because no one not even the, the administrator who she went in knew how far down it went so I, i i think that's really interesting i don't know what you guys thought about that about the like no one had a clear idea well uh i watched the movie twice and uh, uh through this two runs uh three things came into my mind uh the first one was uh, a book by kafka which is the trial and the the movie reminded me a lot about that the the idea of kind of a labyrinth and a hellish scenario but also especially the the biggest critic of of the book is uh bureaucracy in the sense that people just go and say well that that's that's not my job i want to interfere with this so i'm i'm, I'm certain there were cameras because uh, they changed the temperature if if someone kept food remember that 
Oh so, yeah, there's that. So, but then the guy who, who who controls that somehow he thinks, well, my job is just to raise or decrease the temperature, so I, I don't have anything with this. And the same thing with the person that, that that puts people inside, like I just allow people to go in. And I'm sure there's someone who puts prisoners in, like as as, as punishment, and they they kind of don't com communicate, I guess, and uh, it, it makes this this hellish scenario where. And no one is really sure of anything and and no one interferes with with the others and then it, it makes the uh, i think that that passes to the inmates as well not not well not everyone is an inmate but it passes to those that are inside because it it, it, it makes the communication hard for them as well so they don't talk with people on top they don't talk with people on the bottom and and it goes on that that was one of the things that really got in, into my mind for the movie and the second one was uh, game theory. I think that it's very hard for you to uh, start uh, making the sacrifice of, of dividing food and eating just what's necessary and passing down because you will think, well, is the guy below me doing the same? So will that will, will it be of any use uh, if, if, if it was uh, the opposite, if I was the one on the bottom with the guy on top of me do the same? And and the the woman she at the end she kills herself right because I guess she accepts that that's not what what happens. So the thing with her, with her killing herself, I, I would say that it's she's she's kind of offering her own body, and even there's this hallucination where he goes, where she 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 says that she's offering her own blood, her own skin. It's kind of almost like Christian idea, like Christ, but um, this idea that she killed herself just to ease the his pain of trying to kill her, you know, because one of them would have to die. And she knew that she was going to die anyways. So she kills herself to kind of offer her body to him so that he could survive. Yeah, I think she but realized yeah. that she, she she wouldn't be strong enough to kill him. Different from the first guy that he was with. She, she, yeah. like, she wasn't, she, I think she didn't have the personality. She was a kind person, uh, I, I think. Well, at least it shows it that way. She also took a dog, right? So, uh, and she divided the food with the dog. As well, uh, so uh, I think she realized, well, I'm not gonna kill this guy, uh, so I, I better just end it. And maybe, maybe she she thought about it. Well, I'm not gonna just uh, throw my body away because it, well, it ultimately is food in a way. So she killed herself by hanging. Yeah, I agree. And, and to a certain extent, this the game theory idea is really interesting, and that's why I brought it up before, because. I think that like in in one so that's what they do when they're randomly putting people in, into rooms it's like in the first iteration you have people trying to communicate and they fail like he tried to do it a couple of times and he failed and he failed many times but i think that if people reiterate this the game the, that game multiple times people eventually should start to cooperate that's what usually research indicates and that's why i thought that like it was more of a hobbesian account of 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 human nature, this idea that it's um, uh, a war against all and, and people having to survive with their basest instincts, and then a kind of a game theory idea. Because if it would be this, it would be that way. I think they would have cooperated somehow. They would have reached uh, some kind of agreement. But then again, there's this issue where you have 333, or at least more than 300 uh, levels, and I think to a certain point, like they wouldn't be able to feed everyone with the food that they have in that table. Like it's a pretty big table with a lot of food, but if you think about, it, it's for 666 people, which is a massive, massive number of people. Well, just just one thing. I, I actually disagree with you there. I think that uh, game theory it shows that cooperation is not possible. At least when you take it to the prisoner scenario, or even when you take it to business, uh, uh, like cartels and things, it, it eventually shows up that cooperation is not possible, and eventually someone will betray the other. But uh, I think that like they are. Uh, hierarchies, like obviously there are hierarchies in life and uh, and in the in the prison, uh, and like I mean, it's obviously it's obvious that the person, the, the first ones will will eat better than the ones at the end. But still, everyone can eat something. But then that's the problem, though, since there was no communication, no no cooperation, no one like the people at the end. Well, not only the people at the end, like a, a big chunk of people didn't eat at all. Then there's I have another question, guys. Um, so when when you and like go to the whole 
you're allowed to bring two things. You're allowed to bring one object and then you're allowed to um, choose a, some kind of meal that you really like, that you want to have your as part of your, your daily meals, right? So I'm, I'm just wondering if the administration thinks that, so for example, let's say that I want to have French fries. So are they expecting that all the other people are not going to eat my French fries so I can have my French fries? Or like, were they thinking that, oh, this is more like a picnic that we can all like share our stuff. So what what's your, um, what are your yeah, thoughts on this part of, of the food? Well, I, I think that, well, first it shows that since everyone has a choice, then there should be food for everyone. That's the first thing. And secondly, I, I don't think like you're expected to only eat yours, but that's, that's the idea. Like everyone brings something to the table, literally in, in this case. So uh, you take your French fries. I don't know. I would take, uh, I don't know, uh, rice. Someone would take beans. Someone would take something else. And then you can all, you can like uh, taste a bit of uh, everyone's. But but you should keep in mind the idea of of uh, you have a portion. Like everyone should have uh, a portion, so everyone can eat. So th that's what I took from it. I think there's this there's two things. Every okay. uh, there is enough for everyone and. You, you, everyone brings something to the table, and and you can cooperate and, and like eat different things. Okay, so if we have this idea that we should share our stuff, and that's what we think before going to the hall, and then because we don't know where we're going to wake up the next day or the next month, and our situation is not going to be the same as someone on the floors above us, and then I, I think that our values or or thoughts are going to change because of our need to survive, right? So I think that I'm just, there, there are more questions that, as I said before, it's more like a personal answer, I guess, or we might not have an answer for that. Um, but it's just that how, I think this movie, um, it's really good at showing how our values might change in situations where we are not as privileged or we are not, or we are not at a point where we want it to be. And as of, as of right now, I will say yes, I will share my stuff, I will try to uh, cooperate with my cellmate, I will try to talk with the people below below us and, and all that. But once you are in, once you are in a position where your life is being um, challenged and you're at risk, I think that your values are going to change. Um, yeah, no fun. matter if you were a good uh, let's say a good Christian or a good person uh, outside of the platform. So that's another thing that I think is important to keep in mind. Yeah, it's it's law of survival, right? So you you I mean you, you you try to survive firstly. That's at least human instinct. That's actually like living instinct. Everyone tries to to survive first. So I think that's that's what happens when there's this. Uh, you, you, you grab food, you eat fast, you even like you're kind of animalistic, you step on the food and you just try to eat as much as you can, also because you're not sure uh, how your next month will be. But uh, like I said that there were three things that I kept thinking about in the movie. One was the, the book by Kafka, the other one was the game theory, and the third one was uh, a phrase by Zeno, who was the founder of the Stoic School of Philosophy. Okay, don't quote me here because I'm not sure what his exact words were. But in his in his story, he 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 has a chip wreck and he loses everything, right? So and he says that uh, everyone should familiarize themselves with poverty at least a little bit because at any given time you can lose everything. So I think that that's an idea that that's also very present on the movie. Uh, you can be on floor one. And then next month you can be on floor 333 or whatever. Uh, so you should always familiarize yourself with the idea that you can lose everything. And, and again, that should uh, help you cooperate, uh, break a little bit of the, the instinct of survival. But it didn't happen. I feel like it's going to be very hard, even on a personal level, to say, oh yeah, I'm going to share if the month before no one shared with you. You know, like that's gonna that's gonna come back and be like, why should I, you know, sacrifice my portion, my food right now to help those below when last month I had to kill to survive, you know? So I think that's another thing. It's like, you think in this ideal world, you're going to have to share it, but once you're put in that position, 
you don't want to. Yeah, but that's that's the thing as well. Like well, we as human beings, we are vindictive. So that in the very beginning of the movie, there's this part where he, the main character, tries to speak with people uh, below them, and then the the guy he's sharing the cell with, he pees like uh, into the bottom and he, he he insults them, and I think that there's that that's it. That's kind of a, a revenge as well. He he thinks, well, well, now I'm on the top, but like last month, probably you were uh, on top of me. And you didn't help me, so I'm not gonna help you. I don't want to even talk to you. I think that in this, in my opinion, that this um, this is how the administration tries to keep how the keep the way things go and prevent the rise of some kind of revolution. Again, <laughs> I think I already said that, <laughs> but yeah. Okay, so I have I have two questions for you guys. So at the beginning of the movie. Uh, Tremagasi explains, or I think it was I think it was Tremagasi, but he says there are three types of people: the ones, um, those at the top, those at the bottom, and the ones that that fall. So, my question is, which one will you be? The first question. The second question is, what object will you bring to the platform? And uh, the third question is, will be, what food will you ask for? It is a very good question. Um, okay, so for the first one, what do you mean, like in general, in life, or in the situation in the platform? <laughs> like, yeah, well, the first the, the first question <laughs> is the where platform, you go... in the platform. No, yeah, but the first question is, were you going uh, like unaware of how things were, or were you going knowing it was a prison? Because that would I mean, really change my my object. I mean, we really know, <laughs> right? I mean, we. I mean. Okay, we can do like two scenarios. The first one, we, we have no idea where we're going. And the other one is that we already know. Because I think that if we already know, like we will try to be more smart in terms of deciding what type of food we're, what, we're going to choose and what type of object we're going to bring in. So I don't know, it's up to you guys. If you want to tell us um, that the object, like it, it just it's up to you. Yeah. Well, I, w- I would say if I if I didn't know if I was going in the same way the main character did, I would probably take a book or something. Uh, I would I would think well, I'm gonna stay here isolated for some time, so I'm gonna try to do something productive. I'll try to learn. I'll try to I don't read a book I haven't read b- before, something like that. If I was going as a uh, knowing it was a prison or something uh, regarding survival in a way. I would certainly take a weapon, probably a gun. So I, I think that for me, I I would also bring a book if I didn't know the situation, because I'd be just like Goreng. I would go like, yeah, I need to find a really thick book that I haven't read in forever, like, I don't know, a Tolstoy book or a Dostoevsky book so I can read it in the platform and completely die. But knowing of the scenario, and my food wouldn't change. I think it would be like, something from Mexican cuisine or like a burger or whatever, something that's high on calories because I know I'd, I'd crave for something and that boredom. But I think the perfect weapon that I'd bring would be a flamethrower because the flamethrower, you can burn the person, which means they can like make barbecue of other people and still eat them, you know, and you can conserve like their their flesh for longer days. <laughs> that's <a> smart. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. We thought a lot about that, so... Oh, uh, I mean, you were allowed, so a flamethrower is, I guess is so. a good thing. I, I mean, okay, if I were going in not knowing, I think just like everyone else, I'd bring something to entertain me. But if I knew, like, I would definitely bring something to protect myself. Because going in as a woman seems terrible. Seems you're always under threat of attack there. Um, so I'd definitely try to bring, like, a knife... Or something. I don't know if guns are allowed. I don't know the regulations, but definitely, you know, a knife or something to protect myself. Yeah, well, the thing about guns is that they will run out of bullets eventually, right? So a knife Ooh. doesn't run out of bullets, so it might be the safest <laughs> one in the long run. But I mean, I... just like Goring, his knife was the. You never had to sharpen that knife, right? His, yeah, exactly. his whole speech yeah, about the Kinsu. Yeah, the the amazing knife. That's what I would want. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't think that. Well, personally, like, I, well, maybe in a survival scenario, but uh, it would be very hard for me to like kill someone with a with a white weapon. It really would. It would be really hard for me to kill anyone. 
but especially like with with a, a white weapon but you have to because a white weapon is very personal like you have to get close to the person you have to like stab the person i think it's it will be hard for me so i think that's that's what this movie is um it's about at the end it's just that right now we're saying all these because we are living in the comfort of our uh with the comfort that we have right now but then in a situation where we are at risk we we don't know what we we will do right um in my case i think that i'll be the type of person that will try to do some kind of change for sure um i will bring i think a bug as well or or like my ukulele or some i don't know something to keep me entertained as well and then for food i'll bring if i didn't know about like what was the call about i'll bring like fries or just food from home uh and then if not i'll bring something like high on um calories um or i'm just wondering if like you can bring food like as an object are you allowed to bring for example i don't think so no like butter or yeah, like you can bring a dog Oh, fair, fair enough. The dog, I don't know. The, okay, that's another question. The dog was... I don't know the meaning of the dog in the, moon, in the movie, though. So weird to have another living creature in a situation like this. Well, like, I think the person... I think you're that, that giving was... your dog up. That's, like, if you know what the hole is about, you're just giving your, your dog away. Yeah, I think, I think the person took it as... Uh, well, like, kind of a friend, I would say. Like, something as a as a comfort company in a way but she she certainly wasn't aware of it but but she was responsible nonetheless she she it was very impressive for me how she she divided she she stayed a day without eating and then another day she would she would eat and she she divided the, the, her ration with Doug and well we can also take an animal as as food i guess in a way yeah but then what kind of animal it's like it's the situation where like how big the animal is supposed to be would it be like i don't know a fish like that would rot in a few days maybe there's it would have to be something more some something bigger that you can maintain alive for a while and then kill i i don't know but this question will be left for later on because i have to wrap up this podcast beautifully i'd like to thank everyone for participating and thanks for listening um, as you all know, El Cafecito is available on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. And I'll see everyone next week. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for the invite. It was a pleasure. Woo!